Two down in the ninth. Bumgarner thrown. Robinson waits. Here comes the pitch. High drive. Left field. It is out of here. Number 600 for Ken Griffey Jr. I don't believe what I just saw. Marion grabbed behind the back foot to second. On the first, a double play. Incredible. Swing and drive. Belton right. Welcome to the show. Are you ready to talk baseball? Well, step up to the plate. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime. And here's your host, Walter. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the podcast. It has been a while. It has been a minute uh, since the last podcast. We are in the off season, right? And now we are gearing up for the winter meetings, which is going to take on a different look in 2020. Uh, the new normal, right? That's what we have to get used to. Or if you haven't gotten used to now, uh, that's what we've had to get used to for the past 12 months. We are now in December. By the way, thank you for joining in. And hopefully you guys are doing well, staying safe and being healthy out there, uh, especially my my people out in Cali, uh, myself included, man. We're, we're out here in California. We're getting ready for this, uh, for this new stay-at-home order that was just issued. And I just got to say, can, can they figure out another way? to to get that order to everyone. I mean, I I get the mass, you know, communication of using cell phones. That's that's to a benefit, right? But all I have to say is <laughs> it was very unsettling the way that I got the message. I thought that something bad had happened uh in the family, you know, or 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 you know, there was some type of uh kidnapping or some type of attack going on because I'm I'm sitting at home and I'm with my mom and uh, we're just we're just talking and we we all get the notification, right? Everyone that's in my house, we all get the notification at the same time. And then we kind of look at each other. We're just like, um, OK, <laughs> like who, want, who wants to go ahead and look at the notification first and break it to everybody? And uh, by by uh, by a bad choice of judgment, I, I let my mom do it. And my mom is uh, is a little <laughs> it's a little dramatic. So she was like, oh, my God. God, they issued the stay-at-home order. I'm like, why do you have to say it like that? Like, I thought something bad happened. Um, but which I mean, it's not it's not enjoyable, but it could be worse, right? That's what that's the that's the thing that you have to, the mentality that you have to take into 2020. Uh, that things could be worse. I mean, um, we have to be fortunate for what we have and what we have going on. Um, just know that someone else has it worse than you. So that's the only thing. And, and you pray for them, right? And, and I'm not trying to get philosophical. I'm not trying to get religious here on the podcast. But uh, welcome back, man. I, it's It's been a while since I did a baseball podcast. And it comes at a good time because we are now getting into the winter meetings. And that's what we're going to be talking about on this podcast. We have a lot going on uh, in the world of baseball. And it's going to be weird this year because it's not going to be the regular – winter meetings that we're accustomed to. We're not going to have, uh, you know, hours on hours of watching people walk through a lobby on MLB Network. I mean, it's strictly um, everything is going to be online. It's going to be Zoom calls. It's going to be, um, you know, some some phone calls, like group phone calls. That's that's what we're going to get uh, this year. So I'm not really sure how we're going to how we're going to get it, get the information. I mean, I guess it's the same way. We just got to rely on uh, Jeff Passan of ESPN. We have to rely on Ken Rosenthal 
um, JP Morosi. I mean, we all all these guys we, uh, from MLB Network. We just had to be relying on them and the beat writers of every team. Uh, it's going to be very technologically savvy. If you're not technological savvy uh, going into this 2020 winter meetings, it may be a little bit difficult for you to keep up on everything that goes on because Twitter. I mean, Twitter is one of the best, I would say, at at getting the information out there in a timely manner. Uh, but there's also the problem with rumors being started, with with uh, with news stories getting out there that aren't 100% factual. So you wait for the Rosenthal's, you wait for the Passons to to uh, to confirm what is being said, right? So that's that's kind of that's kind of the way that I roll. You wait for the guys with the blue check marks to to chime in on what's going on uh, on Twitter and just social media in general. You just want to you want to have the factual. Uh, information come across but the 2020 winter means it's going to be really interesting this year because it has that different feel to it and going into it i mean we already had a lot of speculation as to where key free agents are going to go right i mean george springer is one of those guys that is being included in this year's uh, free agent clash you got marcelo suna who was uh, just tearing it up led the national league with 18 home runs in this short condensed season, take it for what you want. But I mean, he had an OPS of 1.067. So we're going to talk about all those guys um, on the, on the free agent list, the free agent board. Obviously the big name is Trevor Bauer. Where's he going to go? And uh, there's other names like Liam Hendricks uh, being linked to the giants, to the Phillies. We'll talk about that a little bit and see where would be a better fit and then obviously the, the the big thing with the winter meetings is what we look forward to every year is the blockbuster deals, right? And those are the deals that typically get done in the winter meetings or should be. That's what the winter meetings are for is that all these these executives, all these owners, coaches, players, they're all in the same location. Now that it's being electronically driven, um, it's going to be a little bit of a different feel. I don't know if we're going to get those – those big, um, th- th- those big drop blockbuster deals. Like, are we going to finally see Nolan Arenado be dealt? And honestly, I if if I want to be one hundred percent honest, I do not want to see him in Dodger blue. I really don't, and I don't think that the Rockies are that stupid to to go ahead and do that. <laughs> That's just my opinion. I don't think that they're that stupid to to pass off one, arguably one of the better. Um, third baseman's in the National League and all of baseball. I mean, this guy has platinum gloves for days. And you want to give him to the team that just won the World Series? I mean, that would be like OKC trading Kevin Durant to the Warriors. It's not the same because KD left on his own account and he went to the Warriors. But that would be straight up just... OKC or hell, even James Harden being traded to the Warriors, right? We were we were hearing those those murmurs a little bit that the Warriors were uh, were checking in with the Rockets, right, and seeing if James Harden was available. I think that was all BS. I don't think that they were really going to pull the trigger on that. But you know, it's just, it's the same thing. You don't want to trade within division, right? If you're going to trade away Nolan Arenado, you want to send him to like Cleveland or something, or or Kansas City, where you're never going to see him again. That that's the whole point. Uh, you don't want to trade him within division because he's going to haunt you for the remainder of his career. If you trade him to to L.A., you're still going to see him uh, a handful of times every single year. And I guarantee you, Nolan Arenado, with everything that's going on with that organization and how it all started, the 
the breakdown of how they they just they, they had a fallout. Um, he's going to be motivated to take on the Rockies. So you want to send him as far away as possible. Just don't do it to the Yankees. Don't do it to the to the Dodgers. Um, don't, don't even do it to the Padres. I mean, still, it's the same thing in division. Um, but maybe, I mean, maybe he gets moved to the Mets, right? Because the Mets, they have a new owner, um, Steve Cohen, where the, it's going to be, I mean, I think this is a time for Mets fans to really be excited, to be excited about what is to come in the future, right? Steve Cohen is a, is a fan of the team. That's one thing, right? And the, the way that he's going about it right now is just very interesting, um, because he goes out there and in the press conference, he's like, yeah, we're going to, my goal is to win a championship within the next five years. I mean, he's saying all the right things that Mets fans want to hear from ownership, right? You want to know that they are invested in what is going on, um, with the team. You know, it's, they don't want it to, you don't want your owner just to be a money grab, right? And the fact that Steve Cohen is a fan of the Mets makes it very interesting. It, it makes me think of, a uh, a Mark Cuban, right? I mean, Mark Cuban really cares about the Dallas Mavericks. And, I mean, in some years they weren't as competitive, but he cares about winning just as much as the fan, right? And I can almost see that that same parallel with Steve Cohen. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he constructs that team. And he's taking the new tactics. I mean, this is this is another part where it's it's unconventional to see – a owner go out there on Twitter and be like, hey, Mets fans, what free agents do you want? You know what I mean? Like he went out there on Twitter. And if you're not on Twitter, you, you need to get on Twitter. I don't know what you've been doing. But, but all this is going on, on in the Twitterverse. And Steve Cohen goes out there. He's like, hey, Mets fans, who would you rather get in free agency? Who do you want? I want to know your thoughts. And then when all the all the non-tendered uh, players came in, and we'll talk about that, who got added to the free agency list, free agent big board in a sec. But he was going on there, and he was just, hey, who do you guys want? And he was listening to Mets fans. Mets fans were chiming in. They were letting him know, we want Rio Muto. We want Joe Bauer. We want uh, DJ LeMahieu. Pretty much everyone that is available. <laughs> they were just throwing their names out there. Um, but th- the fact that he's an owner engaging with the fans, it could be a little bit exciting. I, this, is, this would be a time that I would say Mets fans should be excited to, to move forward um, in in the next couple of years, and you know, being that Steve Cohen isn't going to be afraid of of spending money, you know, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how they uh, go about addressing their needs. I mean, they do need a pitcher. Do they do need a catcher? Do they go and get a, a real Muto? Do they go and get a a, a Trevor Bauer? Um, it's going to be really interesting with with this off season for sure to see. And the the thing too is that. When you get a new owner, the owners want to make a splash, right? They want to make something happen. Um, so you also want to be smart about it. You don't want to spend money that you don't need to spend, you know. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see that dynamic pan out for the Mets. They have a really good future lined up. Um, and Steve Cohen, I mean, like I said, Mets fans should be really excited about that. And he was talking about non-tendered players also. He was like, hey, who do you guys want? Because we had a handful of really good non-tendered players um, enter into free agency. I mean, we had Adam Duvall from Atlanta. You had Jose Martinez, who was traded 
uh, I believe from Detroit to Chicago this season. You got David Dahl, or um, yeah, David Dahl from from the Rockies. You have David Dahl that entered into uh, free agency. Nomar Mazzara, who is from the Chicago White Sox, formerly of the uh, Texas Rangers. So those guys all enter into free agency. A lot of good, talented players there. But the biggest one, I would say, has to be Kyle Kyle Schorber. I mean, Kyle Schorber, him being tendered was very um, very shocking to say the least. But they had to. They, there was a point in Chicago that they had to make a decision. It had to be either Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Kyle Schorber. They had to make a decision, and Kyle Schorber was the guy on the outside. They did. They did not decide to uh, pick up his contract. So he is out there on free agency, and the big question is: Well, I mean, Mets fans were chiming in. They clearly want a Schorber, and I think that it would be beneficial to the Mets if they did go get a Schorber. Because, I mean, if the and it and it only will be beneficial. I'll say this: it will only be beneficial for the Mets or any National League team to pick up a Schwarber if the DH is still a thing. And that's one thing. I mean, we're talking about all this stuff being active in MLB, but MLB just continues to drop the ball, man. Like they just don't know what's going on. I mean, are we going to have a DH? Are we not going to have a DH? How hard is it to make that decision? I really do not understand. They made the universal uh, DH last year. I said that it was here to stay, but they have yet to rule on whether it's going to stay or not. Uh, so we don't know, and I think that that's detrimental to these free agents and to National League teams because, I mean, you're looking at a Schorber. I mean, tons of, of National League teams would be interested in him if the DH was a thing. I mean, that's what he was doing last year. For the for the Cubs, and he wasn't too bad. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. He was he was decent. And you could also say the same thing for uh, Marcel Asuna or Nelson Cruz, Yohanna uh, Cespedes. Those guys are still available out there, but they are more geared towards the DH role. I mean, Marcel Asuna, he can play the field, but we remember that time that that the ball he he jumped up on the wall. It was two years ago. He jumped up on the wall trying to rob a home run, and then it drops like 10 feet in front of him. It's, it's like, come on, dude. Like, really? How, how do you do that? That's when he was a member of the Cardinals. So that's why I say he would be more suited for a DH. But, I mean, the Giants, they're interested in Marcelo Suna. But is that only because they want to add to the outfield, or is that because of the possible DH? Do they? Do the Giants know something that everyone else don't doesn't know at this point? Because we don't know what's going on with uh, the DH position. But Kyle Schorber, I mean, that's a big question. Where is he going to end up? A ton of, there's tons of speculation that he could end up with in, on the other side of Chicago. He could end up with um, with the White Sox. He could end up with the Yankees, possibly. He could end up a lot of American League teams with the, the Indians who need to replace um, their, their players that they've lost. I mean, there's tons of suitors, mainly American League, because the DH is an option. But as soon as there's word on the National League getting the DH, I feel like you're going to see a lot of attraction on Kyle Schwarber. But do the do the players wait? Do they do you wait it out? Because maybe the price drops if they wait out longer, and they're just like, hey, if this guy isn't willing to sign with us, we'll get somebody else who is. And then what what happens if the National League doesn't get the DH? Then there's less options. So there's that whole dynamic. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, going forward but then you know that that is a uh, Kyle Schorber part of that group that got added with the with the non-tendered 
And then the 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 free agents that we already knew going into this year. We'll get talking about that. Um, and we'll start with George Springer. And it's interesting when we start to talk about George Springer, right? Because everyone, with, with everything that went on with the Houston Astros, they associate him with being a part of that. And he, and he was, right? He was part of that Houston Astros 2017 team that did the sign stealing that everyone was up in arms about. But the thing is, is I don't think that we should look at George Springer any different. I mean, to, to be fair, George Springer was probably one of the better Astros players to bounce back from from all of that. I mean, if you want to talk about, oh, yeah, well, we don't know how good these guys really are. I mean, Altuve would be a very bad example, right? Because Altuve just did not look the same in 2020. Um, Carlos Correa? I mean, uh, yeah, Carlos Correa, he he did okay, but George Springer, he was pretty consistent, I, I would say. He had a little bit of a drop-off, but he was pretty consistent as it um, looks to the rest of the Astros. And I'm not saying that he should get a slap on the wrist or anything like that. Obviously, the sign stealing is going to follow George Springer and any of those Astros, wherever they may be, uh, after they leave Houston. I don't think that that's ever going to go away. They'll always hear that. And that's just what it is. That's what it will be. But I feel that George Springer is a very special, talented player that any team that picks him up will be getting a stud, especially if they want to go ahead and make a postseason run. And that's what I think that he'll be looking for. He'll be looking for teams that are going to be relevant in the postseason. And the team that has been really intriguing to follow this offseason is the Toronto Blue Jays because the Blue Jays, we all know that the Blue Jays, they made the playoffs uh, probably a year before they were supposed to. And maybe that was attributed to the shortened season by 2020. What, whatever. I mean, they didn't even play in the Rogers Center. They didn't play in Toronto. They played in Buffalo. They got through it. They made it to the postseason. And I feel like that is a good representation of their their manager, Montoyo, and the team, I mean, the team has guts. They have grit. And the Blue Jays would be a very interesting team to have George Springer join. I mean, could you imagine uh, Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette, uh, Goriel, I believe, is still on the Blue Jays. And then you throw in um, a George Springer, right? I mean, that that is just going to be a, 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 uh, a really good, dangerous lineup uh, when you look at it. For the Blue Jays. And I don't know if he ends up with the Blue Jays. Um, but, I mean, he has a former teammate in Lourdes Goriel for the Blue Jays. That could possibly lure him there. Maybe th- there's something there. Maybe there's something to be said. But, obviously, the interest is there because the the uh, GM of the, of the Blue Jays has said that we've spoken with George Springer's people at least once a week. So, they're checking in. They're like, hey, how's it going? How was your Thanksgiving? You know, what are you doing for the holidays? You want to come over? I, I don't know. So so that's that's the thing there is that the Blue Jays are showing constant, constant interest. Is it the other is it still felt that that Springer wants to leave and go to Toronto? I mean, maybe he wants to go somewhere else. There's possibilities everywhere. Like where where can he possibly end up? But the, the front runner right now from what it seems like is the Blue Jays, and that would be very interesting because you add a veteran presence to a very young team. 
it could it could get really interesting in the in the AL East uh, if you get the Blue Jays up and running under new ownership, you know, under under a new manager, um, everything moving forward with with their youth movement, right? With the Blue Jays, you see what that's gotten the the Braves. I'm not saying the Blue Jays and the Braves are the same, but you have a lot of young talent there in Toronto, and the fact that they got through this season. Not knowing where they can call home, I mean, it's very similar to what the 49ers are going through right now. They don't know what to call home, so it either makes or breaks you. I mean, it can make you stronger or it can really break you down uh, having to deal with you don't know where you're going. I mean, the 49ers know where they're going, and eventually the Blue Jays did know where they were going. They knew they were going to to Buffalo, but prior to the season starting, I mean, they had all their, their road games, and they had to be a, a home team at a road park, and then... Was that going to be the norm for 2020 for them? It turned out that they were able to uh, fit the the minor league park in Buffalo so that they can call that home. So it all got situated. But, I mean, there was a good three-week period that the Blue Jays didn't know where they were going to play. I mean, th- that was the that was the big issue, right? And they got through that. That, that to me, just shows a lot of grit and a lot of determination and just they're, they're hardened professionals now. I mean, they're young, but they're hardened professionals. And it's very weird to say because, I mean, the same thing, and it's kind of tarnished now because of the sign ceiling scandal, but the same thing with the Astros. We were looking at the Astros, and we thought that Astros weren't going to make a run in the postseason because they were too young. They weren't seasoned. Uh, they The moment might get too big for them, and they were able to pull it out. And obviously the sign, the sign stealing scandal comes out, and shows more <laughs> looking back on history um, as to, you know, maybe it was a fluke. But then you look at these Blue Jays, the young guys, I mean, and just looking at the young, talented players that are coming up now, I mean, the the moment isn't too big for these guys. Um, I don't know what they're eating in their breakfast. I don't, I don't know what they're, what they're having, these young kids uh, joining the leagues. But it's very interesting to see that, George Springer is probably one of the the top names. I mean, I'm assuming that the Blue Jays have to be in on Trevor Bauer. I'm assuming. I mean, they're, we're already hearing talks about DJ LeMahieu possibly going to uh, possibly going to the Blue Jays if it's not to the Yankees if he's going to stay in New York. I mean, the Blue Jays are are going to be a very intriguing team to watch in the winter meetings, and if they get George Springer, I mean, it is just one piece to the puzzle. But I think that's a that's a very big integral piece to add to that team. Um, also, you know, with with uh, outfielders and and uh, players, free agents that we are looking at in this year is the uh, is the is Marcelo Suna, right? I mean, we talked about him just a little bit. He's being linked to the Blue Jays as well, so maybe that's a backup plan um, for George Springer that if they don't get George Springer or maybe they double up, maybe they double down and they go Springer and Osuna. That would be, that would be crazy if they did that. And Osuna would just make more sense compared to the giants because the giants are interested in Marcelo Osuna as well. Uh, it's been, it's been reported anyway, but Osuna would make more sense for the blue Jays because the blue Jays have the DH. And that's the thing that we were talking about earlier is that the DH, we don't know what's going on with the DH yet. We don't know what's going to happen with the DH position as it pertains to the National League. And that's just – it just adds a whole bunch of uncertainty uh, when we look at these free agents and where they can possibly end up. But Osuna linked to linked to the uh, to the Blue Jays as well. 
And like I was saying earlier, Osuna, Nelson Cruz, um, Yohannes Cespedes, I mean, any team that needs a DH, which the Blue Jays would love to add um, more pop to their lineup with any of those guys. But Osuna, again, led the National League 18 home runs with uh, 56 RBIs, hit 338. I mean, he was a stud in 2020. Uh, that one-year deal with Atlanta really paid off for him. So he's looking to get paid. He's looking to get paid. Will it be with the Giants? Will it be with the Blue Jays? Will it be somewhere else? I'm betting if the if the National League doesn't get the DH, it'll most likely, most definitely, I would say, it would most definitely be a American League team that Osuna ends up with. So that's going to be very interesting um, to see there. And now we have a lot of uh, pitchers that are in the free agent market. Not as much as we would want, but we have some pretty good studs that are available. You got uh, Masahiro Tanaka that's available, James Paxton, J.A. Happ, which are all Yankees, by the way, who enter free agency. So it's like, who the hell do the Yankees have remaining in their rotation? I mean, who who else do they have um, other than Severino? And Severino is uh, coming back from injury. So what what do the Yankees do? They want do they want to keep any of these guys? But then when you see the opening, I mean, do they go after a Corey Kluber? Corey Kluber is a free agent going into this season. Uh, do they go after a Trevor Bauer? Trevor Bauer is one of the highly sought arms of the National League from last year. He hell he he won the National League uh, Cy Young. So th- this I think might be one of the uh, one of the years that a Cy Young Award winner is available in free agency. I don't think that, that that's happened uh, in any any recent years. And former Cy Young Award winner Blake Snell is potentially on the trade block. And could you imagine, you know, if you're the Yankees, you, you hear that, well, obviously it won't happen with the Yankees, but if they get like a three-team trade that goes down and a team lands Trevor Bauer and Blake Snell. I mean, there's been talks that the, the Padres are in on that. I do not want to see that. <laughs> You get they, don't they have enough arms already in San Diego? I mean, do they need any more really? So, uh, so that's going to be interesting, right? So, to see that where does Trevor Bauer end up? Because Trevor Bauer, I feel like he's so good. I would love for him to be a San Francisco Giant, uh, but I don't know if it's in the cards. I mean, he's looking to get paid. He's looking to get a big payday on top of that, and uh, and and rightfully so. I mean, he just won the the National League uh, Cy Young. He was very good, and. You know, he wants to go to a team that he's going to compete. San Francisco, they're years off of being a competitive team. Does he want to do that? I mean, maybe San Francisco gives him uh, a big chunk of a contract, but is it? I don't know if it's there. I don't know if it's there. So we'll, we'll see where he ends up. I mean, I hope he doesn't go to L.A., but there's been speculation of that. I mean, L.A. just coming off of their World Series, or should I say 60-game 60, 60 season, 60 season uh, championship, Coming off of that, they're wanting to build because, I mean, they already made a trade for uh, Corey Kniebel um, from the Brewers. He's on the Dodgers now. Dodgers aren't stopping, and we've already heard those rumors about Nolan Arenado, which I hope to God does not come to flourishing. I do not want to see Nolan Arenado in Dodger Blue. So uh, any of these guys, any of these free agents, to be honest, I do not want to see in Dodger Blue. I mean, if there could be any any offseason that the Dodgers just – you know, they're content because they won the World Series. 
yeah, let, let's just keep it that way. Let's keep it that way. I don't want to see any of these guys. Corey Kluber, uh, I don't want to see him there. I don't want to see Trevor Bauer there. I don't want to see Tanaka. I don't want to see James Paxson. <laughs> uh, even Liam Hendricks because, I mean, the the uh, the Dodgers, they have a lights-out bullpen. Then they add help with Corey Kniebel. But towards the back end of that bullpen, you know, Kenley Jensen hasn't been the same. Hasn't been the same uh, for a couple of years now. I mean, um, where before you go against Jensen, and this is me being a Giants fan. I mean, before you go into that that ninth inning down a run, and you know you're like, all right, well, we could possibly we could possibly make something happen here. When you're looking at Kenley Jensen, uh, it hadn't been like that the previous five years, but the last two, Kenley Jensen has been able to be hit in the in the in the ninth inning. So do they want? Do the Dodgers want to go get Liam Hendricks? He's available from the A's. Uh, that's also being linked to the Giants. I would love for that to be um, something that comes up. But he's also linked to the Phillies. Phillies showing interest as well. Um, Phillies have some uh, some contracts, some salary uh, issues going on there. So I don't know how much they can they can fork out. I mean that that their salary are really already ruled them out of the running of JT Rio Milto where they really, they really wanted him. Uh, they really wanted him. So these uh, are, he's already out there. So the Phillies, maybe they go after a Hendricks if they have the room, uh, if they have the money, but Philadelphia, I mean, they would definitely benefit from having uh, Liam Hendricks come over because they had the highest bullpen ERA in 2020 uh, over seven ERA, so that was pretty bad. And then the Giants, I mean, the Giants' bullpen wasn't as terrible as the Phillies. They were only above a, above four ERA, um, which isn't too great either, but, I mean, it was it's a lot better than seven. And the Giants, I mean, they had their issues with finding a back-end closer. I mean, they, they threw in um, tons of guys. I mean, Trevor Gott didn't, never panned out. Um, they put in Coonrod. They put in um, Tyler Rogers. I mean, they, it was just kind of like, all right, well, who's the hot hand right now uh, to throw in there at the at the back end of the bullpen? Liam Hendricks. He would literally. He wouldn't even have to move. He'd he'd just go over uh, to the other side of the bay. He would just, he would just have to commute to uh, over the Bay Bridge and go over to uh, Oracle Park, which could be could be something that maybe is a, an advantage for the Giants. Being that he was uh, with the the A's, I mean the A's, you know they they let Marcus Simeon go. Also, they didn't uh, bring him back. Hell, I would like the Giants to go get him too. I mean, there's there's a lot of players out there uh, that the Giants could benefit from getting in these winter meetings. But we'll see what happens um, in the in the winter meetings with all these free agents. There's tons of them out there uh, for sure, but. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens with all these free agents. I mean, that's that's the the fun thing about the winter meetings um, is that it's a week of of just baseball. Baseball being back, we get that little taste of all the all these rumors. But you just hope that it's not rumors and something gets down uh, gets done because in years past, winter meetings haven't really. It's been swings and misses, and this is the premier off season event for baseball, and they have to figure out how to. Uh, how to generate interest, right? When you're going up against the NFL and everything that they're doing right now in December, uh, NFL is straight up just uh, just supreme in December. NBA getting started up in a couple of weeks, so NBA typically is is playing right now. Um, so they had to compete with the NBA in years past, but now it's only football that they're competing against. And from what I know, 
no one is playing during the week um, of, of the winter meetings. Actually, well, we have Monday night and we have Tuesday night. So uh, that, that's the only football games. Then we got Thursday night. So, I guess, yeah, I guess they're competing every every single day of the winter meetings uh, with with uh, with football. But, hey, it is what it is. Baseball is back uh, for the for the next week and a half, maybe a little longer. We'll we'll probably won't have all these free agents be signed again. It comes down to the DH. What's going to happen there? Uh, what what is going to happen with? I said that it was going to stay in the National League, but they're sitting on their they're sitting on their ass about it. They don't know uh, what's going to happen, and that could very delay the process for a lot of uh, players. And then the other big thing with the free agents. And uh, and you know communications and everything that's going on in the winter meetings is the trades. I mean, we talked about the trades, the blockbuster trades. We didn't get Mookie Betts traded in the off season um, last year w- with winter meetings. He got traded in February. Uh, but you know, when you look at all these players that are on the trade block, I mean, Blake Snell has been mentioned to be on the trade block. That is very shocking to me. But then again, it's not very shocking. I don't know if that makes sense because. Blake Snell is one of those guys, a former Cy Young Award winner, only two years ago, I think, is when he won the Cy Young. Blake Snell is a ace. I mean, you want him on your pitching staff. But with how everything went down in the World Series, with the fact that Kevin Cash came out there, pulled him when he was pitching arguably the best game of his career. Uh, well, I wouldn't say that that much, but he was pitching the game of his life in the game that mattered most. And Kevin Cash goes out there, pulls his his best pitcher, puts in the, the relievers, and blows the game. Just unbelievable. And Blake Snell was not happy about it. He was ha- he was unhappy, you can tell, when he came out of the game. And then afterwards he was just like, Well, I was feeling good. Uh, I don't know, I don't know what happened. I was feeling really good. I felt like I can go the whole game. Right? You hear those comments and you figure maybe the bridge is is burned with with uh, Blake Snell and the Rays organization, definitely with Kevin Cash. So then, with that context, and then you hear that Blake Snell is on the trade block. I mean, are they just trying to piss this guy off? <laughs> like, are they just trying to burn that bridge completely? Because maybe the bridge it could be repaired, right? Maybe it's not completely damaged. Just a little, just a little bit of of of, uh, of fire burns here and there. Maybe it's not completely done. But then you throw him on the trade block. They're like, hey, Blake Snell's available. Well, then that just made the bridge collapse. There's no way that you're getting to the other side now. For me, if I'm Blake Snell and the series of events that just took place took me out in the World Series, made us lose, maybe they end up losing anyway. But that was a big play to where they could have made it. And then now you're thrown into trade talks. I'd just be like, you know what? You better trade me because I'm not playing. <laughs> that, 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 that's just me. That's just me. Maybe I'm petty that way. Maybe I'm just petty that way. Um, but Blake Snell being being uh, thrown out there. I mean, there's talks of maybe the Padres being in on him, right? I mentioned that earlier. Could you imagine Padres going in, getting Clevin, or they have Clevenger already. They have Lament. They have Mackenzie Gore just waiting to come up. And then they go get Blake Snell and Trevor Bauer. I mean, talk about a powerhouse in the National League. Hell, even if they got one of those guys, that's a powerhouse of pitching in the National League West. And the Dodgers, watch out. You know, that's what that's what I'm saying. 
that's maybe the only thing that I'm that I'm rooting for is that the Padres become relevant enough to scare the Dodgers, but don't scare them enough to where they have to trade and like overpay for Nolan Arenado. The only way that I would like that Nolan Arenado deal is that they trade for Nolan Arenado and that he just opts out next year. <laughs> that would be the only way that I would be very, very happy. And they overpay, right? They overpay for for Arenado, and then he opts out. And he's like, nah, you know what? L.A. wasn't what I thought it was. I just want to leave. <laughs> that, would, that would be awesome. Totally Trojan horse, the, uh, the Dodgers would be the Rockies. That would be one of the smartest things ever. They're like, hey, we'll give you Nolan Arenado, and then they're just like, hey, Nolan, we've been uh, – We've been playing everybody a fool, wanting everyone to think that you hate us. Are you going to go over to L.A.? Hey, if you win a World Series, cool. If, if not, come back. We'll see you in a year. But we just want to get some from some prospects from them first. Just really screw them over. <laughs> would, would, uh, would Nolan Arenado be down for that? Hell, I would if I was Nolan Arenado. Be, oh, hell yeah. I will go over there. I will rep Dodger Blue for a season. I'll suck. And then just bring me back, and let's go get this thing. <laughs> just screw over the Dodgers. Uh, but other other trade talks. I mean, Nolan Arenado isn't the only guy up there. Blake Snell isn't the only guy up there. Uh, Sonny Gray is listed in trade rumors as well. And will he be? Will he be dealt? I mean, he's been pitching pretty good as of late for the for the Reds. Will he be dealt? And then the other big one, the big uh, the big question is, I mean. We, we talked about Nolan Arenado, but the other big question is Francisco Lindor. I mean, the, the trade rumors for Lindor started a little bit before the rumors of Nolan Arenado about a year ago. I think maybe Lindor might have been linked prior to that, prior to Nolan Arenado being uh, being included in trade talks. But Francisco Lindor, does he get dealt? The, uh, the Reds, talking about the Reds, I mean, do they include Sonny Gray because... The Indians have lost out on some starting pitching over the last couple of years. Do the uh, do the do the Reds trade to uh, trade Sonny Gray to uh, to the to the Indians? Do they do that? Get Francisco Lindor. I could possibly see that. You know, I mean, Sonny Gray is a little older, but you get a stud starting pitcher. I think the the Indians would at least listen to the offers. If not, you got Marcus Simeon, as I mentioned earlier. Get Anderson Simmons, who is available, and Didi Gregorius, uh, because the Reds are definitely looking at upgrading their uh, their shortstop position. Even uh, Trevor Story has been included in those talks as well. But it is fun times heading into the winter meetings. I just can't wait. I'm going to break down everything as it happens. So stay tuned for more podcasts for Passion for the Pastime. I am glad to be back, and I hope you guys are glad to have me back. Thank you for listening, and we will be back for with more following the winter meetings, and let's see where everybody ends up. You guys have a good one. Be safe, and I'll talk to you next time. And as always, even if, if it's the offseason, go Giants.